Welcome to the vocabulary lesson for the Dear Abby letter, Lost Custody. Let's get started. Young mother is frightened by threat of lost custody. To be frightened means to be scared. So frightened is the same as scared. If you say I'm frightened, it means I'm scared or it means I'm afraid. Afraid, frightened, scared, all mean the same thing. And the word custody is important. Custody means ownership. It means to own a person. It really means you are the person responsible for someone else. Usually we use this with children. For example, if I say, I have custody of my son, it means um, I am the person responsible for my son. The government, the courts, the law says that I am the owner of my son, right? I have custody, that my son lives with me. So that's what it means. This woman, she's worried that her child, her son, she will lose custody. It means she thinks her, if they get a, if she gets a divorce, her husband will get custody, meaning the son will live with him. He will have custody, right? He will kind of own the child. The child will live with him. So she's worried that if she gets a divorce, uh, the husband would get custody. She would lose her son. And then threat in the same sentence. She's frightened by the threat of lost custody. So this has not happened yet. A threat is something that seems dangerous. It means uh, it, something that might hurt you, but it hasn't hurt you yet. Not yet, but it might hurt you. For example, if I have a gun and I point the gun at you, I have the gun, I'm, I'm say, yelling at you saying, I'm going to kill you. That is a threat, right? I have not hurt you yet. I have not killed you yet, but I'm saying I will. So it's a possible danger. It means someone could possibly hurt you. So her husband could possibly take the child. It's the threat of lost custody. All right, and then uh, in the first paragraph of this letter, we have the word belittles, to belittle. Uh, she says her husband always belittles me, always belittles her. So to belittle means to insult and criticize. But in a, in a really bad way, you try to make someone feel small. That's where the word comes from, belittle. It means you you always putting them down, always saying bad things to them. So, for example, you're stupid. You're ugly. You'll never succeed. You're always going to fail. There's something wrong with you. Okay, I am belittling you, right? I am saying bad things to you to make you feel very small, make you feel weak. So it's a verb, to belittle, to make someone feel small by insulting them again and again. All right, in the second paragraph, we have the word unfit. She says, uh, the man, the husband might tell the judge, might tell the government, that she is an unfit mother. Unfit means uh, not good enough, not good enough to be something. So an unfit mother means a mother who's not good enough to be a mom, right? She should not be a mother. She cannot take care of her children. She's unfit. She's not good enough. She can't do the job. If you say, uh, he is an unfit teacher, it means he's not good enough to teach. He should not teach. Now, this is a very strong word. So, uh, it doesn't mean bad. It's stronger than bad. If you say, he is a bad teacher, it means... You know, maybe he's boring or maybe he's not very good, 
but it doesn't unfit is more than that unfit means terrible 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 should not be a teacher at all right does not have the skills maybe he never went to college maybe he doesn't know the subject at all that's why we would say he is unfit so an unfit mother it's not just a bad mother it's a mother who cannot take care of her child at all all right, and then in the next paragraph, we have the phrase, to be better off. She says, I know my son won't be better off with my husband. Won't be better off. To be better off to me means to have a better situation or to have a better life, right? It can also have the idea of uh, to have an improved life, improved so she's saying um, she doesn't think her son would have a better life with her husband. She thinks he would not be better off with the husband, not have a better life. In that same paragraph, we see the phrase on disability, on disability. Now, disability means uh, exactly what it says. Ability means you can do something, right? Some skill or something you can do. Disability means something you cannot do. Usually we use this word for something physical. For example, if I'm in a wheelchair, it means I cannot walk, right? I don't have the ability to walk. I have a disability. I can't walk. I have a disability. Or if I'm blind, I can't see, then I say I have a disability. But this phrase, to be on disability, is a little different. Now she's talking about a government program. Disability, the American government, pays money to people who have problems, physical problems. Maybe they can't work. So the government will give them money every month. And that program, the government program, is called disability. That's the kind of casual name for it. So to be on disability means you get a check from the government because you have some kind of problem. Now, it might be a big problem, very serious, or it might actually be something fairly small. Uh, we don't know. In this letter, we don't know if it's serious or not. But anyway, she's getting a check from the government uh, because of some physical problem or illness or something like that. And then finally, in the last little paragraph, she asks Abby, um, should I stick it out with my husband? Should I stick it out? To stick it out means to stay. It means to continue doing something. For example, um, I'm going to stick it out at my job. That means I'm going to continue working my job. Now, stick it out, we use it in situations that are uh, difficult or unpleasant, not fun, right? So if you stick out a job, if you say, I'm going to stick it out at my job, it has the idea that your job is not fun, right? You don't like your job, but you will continue doing it anyway. So she doesn't really like her husband, but she's asking, should I stick it out with my husband? Meaning, okay, she doesn't enjoy her husband, she doesn't like him, but maybe she should keep trying anyway. Maybe she should stay with him and continue with him anyway. So stick it out to continue with a situation that is not easy or that is uh, unpleasant. And finally, she signs this, trapped in New Hampshire. New Hampshire is a state, it's a part of the United States, in the northeast part of the country. To be trapped means you can't leave, right? It means you're stuck you are, for example, if I say I'm trapped in my room, it means my door is locked and I cannot get out. I cannot leave my room. I'm trapped in the room. So to be trapped in a job means 
you, uh, you're in the job, but you can't leave the job. Maybe you can't find a new one, so you, but you need money, so you can't leave the job. You're trapped in the job. She feels trapped in her marriage. She doesn't like her husband. Uh, he's not a good guy, but she feels she can't leave because she's afraid to lose her son. So she feels like she can't leave the marriage. So that's why she signs it trapped in New Hampshire. All right, that is all of the vocabulary for this little Dear Abby letter. Uh, move on to the mini story next. Bye-bye. Okay, it's time for the mini story for the lost custody lesson. Let's get started right away. Here we go. Yuriko is unfit to be a student. Every day she comes to school late. Then she belittles the other students. When another student makes a mistake, Yuriko yells, Are you stupid? Do you have a mental disability? What's wrong with you, you idiot? One day, another student named Jinhua complains to AJ, the teacher. She says, I'm frightened by Yuriko. I'm going to quit this class. The teacher says, Stick it out, Jinhua. Don't worry. I will get rid of Yuriko. Then we will all be better off. The next day, AJ, the teacher, brings a gun to school. He points the gun at Yuriko and threatens her. He says, Yuriko, if you come to my class again, I will kill you. Then I will take custody of your son and I will beat him every day. So leave now. Yuriko is frightened by AJ's threat. She starts crying and then she runs out of the class. The other students cheer, yay! And everybody's happy. Okay, let's go again. Back to the beginning, this time with questions. Yuriko is unfit to be a student. Is Yuriko good enough to be a student? No, of course not. She's not. She's unfit to be a student. She cannot be a student. Why is she unfit to be a student? Well, because she comes late every day and she says bad, terrible things to other students. That's why she's unfit to be a student. Is Jinhua unfit to be a student? No, no, no. Jinhua is a very good student. She's fit to be a student. But Yuriko is unfit to be a student. Is Yuriko unfit to be a business person? Well, I don't know, but maybe she's okay. Maybe she can be a business person, but she's unfit to be a student. She might be fit to be a business person, but she's unfit to be a student. Who is unfit to be a student, Yuriko or Jinhua? Well, Yuriko is unfit to be a student. Who is unfit to be a student? Jin, I mean, Yuriko is unfit to be a student, right? She can't be a student because she's a very mean, terrible person. Every day she comes to school late. Then she belittles the other students. Does she insult the other students and say bad things? Yes, that's right, exactly. She belittles the other students. She says terrible things to them. You're stupid. You're ugly. I don't like you. You're a horrible person. She says these things. She belittles the other students. Who belittles the other students? Well, Yuriko belittles the other students. 
who does Yuriko belittle? Well, Yuriko belittles the other students. Does Yuriko belittle the teacher? No, no, no. She does not belittle the teacher. She does not insult him. She does not say terrible things to the teacher. She belittles the students. Does the teacher, AJ, does he belittle the students? No, no. AJ does not belittle the students. Who belittles the students? Well, Yuriko belittles the students, right? How does she belittle the students? Well, when another student makes a mistake, Yuriko yells, Are you stupid? Do you have a mental disability? What's wrong with you, you idiot? Does she ask the students if they are uh, damaged, if their brain is damaged, something's wrong with their brain? Yeah, that's right, exactly. She says, do you have a mental disability? It means, is your brain broken? Is your mind broken? Right? She says, do you have a mental disability? Does she ask if they have a physical disability? No, she doesn't ask if they have a physical disability. Physical disability, maybe their legs don't work. Maybe their eyes don't work well. They can't see. That's not what she's asking. She asks if they have a mental disability, right? A brain disability because they're so stupid. Does she ask other students if they have a mental disability? Yeah, that's right. She asks the other students if they have a mental disability. Does she ask the teacher if he has a mental disability? No, no, remember, she does not belittle the teacher, so she never asks the teacher if he has a mental disability. Who does she ask? Do you have a mental disability? Well, she asks that, she says that to other students when they make a mistake. So it's very strong, right? Do you have a brain problem, a brain, something broken in your brain, a mental disability? She says, what's wrong with you, you idiot? Well... The students feel very bad. One day, another student named Jinhua complains to AJ, the teacher. She says, AJ, I'm frightened by Yuriko. Does Yuriko scare her? Yes, that's exactly right. She's frightened by Yuriko. She's scared of Yuriko. She feels afraid. Does Jinhua feel very, very scared and afraid? Well, exactly right. She feels frightened, right? She's frightened by Yuriko. Is Jinhua frightened by AJ? No, no, no. She's not frightened by AJ. Who is she frightened by? Well, she's frightened by Yuriko. Why is she frightened by Yuriko? Well, she's scared of Yuriko. She's frightened by Yuriko because Yuriko says mean terrible things. Yuriko belittles Jinhua every day. That's why she's frightened by Yuriko. Does Yuriko frighten all the students in the class? Well, yeah, that's right. Actually, she does. All the students are frightened by Yuriko. They're all frightened by Yuriko. Does Yuriko frighten the teacher? No, no. AJ's not afraid of Yuriko. He's not frightened by Yuriko. But Yuriko frightens everybody else. And anyway, Jinhua tells AJ, I'm frightened by Yuriko, and I'm going to quit this class. AJ says, Jinhua, stick it out. 
does AJ want Jinhua to quit the class? No, no, no. He wants her to continue with the class. He says, stick it out, Jinhua. Continue with the class, Jinhua. Does AJ want Jinhua to stick it out in English class? Yeah, that's right. He wants her to continue with English class. He wants her to stick it out in English class. Does he want her to stick it out in science class? No, no, no. This is not a science class. He doesn't want her to stick it out in science class. He doesn't want her to continue with science. He wants her to stick it out in English class. Does AJ want Yuriko to stick it out? No, 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 no. Uh, the opposite, actually. He does not want Yuriko to continue with the class. Who does he want to stick it out in class? Well, he wants Jinhua to stick it out, right? He likes Jinhua. He wants Jinhua to stick it out in class. He wants her to continue. He does not want Yuriko to stick it out. So he tells Jinhua, stick it out, Jinhua. Don't worry. I will get rid of Yuriko. Then we will all be better off. Is he going to make Yuriko leave the class? Yeah, that's right. He's going to get rid of Yuriko. He's going to make her leave. He's going to throw her away. He's going to push her out. Right? That's get rid of. Get rid of means to uh, eliminate, to delete, to throw away. So he's going to get rid of Yuriko. Will he get rid of Jinhua? No, no, no. He wants Jinhua to stick it out. He will get rid of Yuriko. Why will he get rid of Yuriko? Well, because Yuriko is frightening the other students, right? That's why. After Yuriko leaves, he says, then we will all be better off. Will all the students have a better situation after Yuriko leaves? Yeah, that's exactly right. They'll be better off. They will have a better situation. Will the class improve after Yuriko leaves? Yes, that's exactly right. The class will be better off. The class will improve. Everyone will feel better. Everything will be better. They will be better off. They will improve and be happier after Yuriko leaves. Will the class be better off if Jinhua leaves? No, no, no. They won't be better off if Jinhua leaves. Jinhua is a great student. She's very nice. They'll be better off if Yuriko leaves. Will the class be better off if AJ leaves? Well, maybe, you know, if they get, maybe they need a better teacher. AJ's maybe not a good teacher. But, you know, in general, no, they won't be better off if AJ leaves. They'll be better off if Yuriko leaves. Okay, so AJ says, we'll all be better off after Yuriko leaves. The next day, AJ, the teacher, brings a gun to class because he's American and we all have guns. He points the gun at Yuriko and he says to Yuriko, he threatens her, and he says, Yuriko, if you come to my class again, I will kill you. Then I will take custody of your son and beat him every day. Does AJ threaten Yuriko? Yeah, that's exactly right. AJ says he's going to hurt her, so he threatens her. He threatens Yuriko. Does AJ threaten Jinhua? No, AJ does not threaten Jinhua. AJ threatens Yuriko. Why does AJ threaten Yuriko? Well, he threatens her because he wants her to leave the class, right? He wants to frighten her. He wants her to leave the class. That's why he threatens her.
And I'm using threaten as a verb here, right? This is a verb to threaten. Does AJ threaten other students? No, no. He only threatens Yuriko. He only says he will hurt Yuriko. He says, Yuriko, if you come to my class again, I will kill you. Then I will take custody of your son and beat him every day. When AJ threatens Yuriko, what does he say? Well, he says he's going to kill her and take her son, take custody of her son, and then beat him every day. Will AJ take her son? Will he own her son? Yeah, that's right. He will take custody of her son. He will become the owner of her son. The government will say, AJ, you are now the official father, the legal father. So AJ will take custody of her son after Yuriko is killed. Why will AJ take custody of her son? Well, he will take her son. He will take custody of her son so he can beat him every day. Oh, AJ is such a nice guy. He says, I will take custody of your son and beat him every day. Will he take custody of her daughter? No, no, he will not take custody of her daughter. He will take custody of her son. Whose son will he take custody of? Well, he will take custody of Yuriko's son. Why will he take custody of Yuriko's son? Well, so he can beat him and so he can threaten her. Okay, so he says, leave now or I will take custody of your son and kill you. Leave the class now and never come back. Yuriko is frightened by AJ's threat. Is Yuriko scared by what AJ says? Yes, she is. She's very frightened by AJ's threat. Is Yuriko frightened by AJ's compliment? No, no, of course not. AJ did not say something nice to her. That's a compliment. She's frightened by AJ's threat. What was AJ's threat? Now it's a noun, right? Threat this time is a noun. Well, AJ's threat was he said he would kill her and take her son. That was AJ's threat. That's the dangerous thing AJ said he will do. Okay, AJ's threat. Was it frightening? Was it scary? Now I'm using frightening as an adjective. Oh, uh, yeah, AJ's threat was frightening. So Yuriko was frightened, right? AJ's threat was frightening. So Yuriko felt frightened. Frightened is a feeling. Frightening describes a situation or a thing. So AJ's threat was very frightening, very scary. Okay. So after AJ's threat, what does Yuriko do? Well, after AJ's threat, after she hears AJ's threat, Yuriko starts to cry. <laughs> oh, no, please don't hurt me. Then she runs out of the class and all the other students cheer. Yay, we're happy. All right, good. One more time. This time I'll pause after the key phrases. Yuriko is unfit to be a student. Good. Yuriko is unfit to be a student. Every day she comes to school. Then she belittles the other students. Then she belittles the other students. 
When another student makes a mistake, Yuriko yells, Are you stupid? Do you have a mental disability? Do you have a mental disability? What's wrong with you, you idiot? One day, another student named Jinhua complains to AJ, the teacher. She says, I'm frightened by Yuriko. I'm frightened by Yuriko. I'm going to quit this class. The teacher says, stick it out, Jinhua. Stick it out, Jinhua. Don't worry. I will get rid of Yuriko. Then we will all be better off. Then we will all be better off. The next day, AJ brings a gun to school. He points the gun at Yuriko and threatens her. He points the gun at Yuriko and threatens her. Yuriko, if you come to my class again, I will kill you, and then I'll take custody of your son. And then I'll take custody of your son. And I will beat him every day. So leave now. Yuriko is frightened by AJ's threat. Yuriko is frightened by AJ's threat. She starts crying and then runs out of the class. The other students cheer. Yay! Okay, that is the end of the mini story. Please stop now and tell all of the story yourself using the correct phrases. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, this is the point of view mini stories for lost custody. Let's get started. First one with the phrase 20 years ago. 20 years ago, there was a student named Yuriko. She was unfit to be a student. Every day, she came to school late. Then she belittled the other students. When another student made a mistake, Yuriko yelled, Are you stupid? Do you have a mental disability? What's wrong with you, you idiot? One day, another student named Jinhua complained to AJ, the teacher. She said, I'm frightened by Yuriko. I'm going to quit this class. The teacher said, Stick it out, Jinhua. Don't worry. I will get rid of Yuriko. Then we will all be better off. The next day, AJ, the teacher, brought a gun to class. He pointed the gun at Yuriko and threatened her. He said, Yuriko, if you come to my class again, I will kill you, and then I will take custody of your son and beat him every day. So leave now. Yuriko was frightened by AJ's threat. She started to cry. Then she ran out of the class. The other students cheered. Yay! Yuriko's gone! Okay, the next version begins with since January. Since January, there has been a new student in AJ's class. Her name is Yuriko. Yuriko is unfit to be a student. Every day she has come to school late. Then she has belittled the other students. When another student has made a mistake, Yuriko has always yelled, Are you stupid? Do you have a mental disability? What's wrong with you, you idiot? Well, one day, another student named Jinhua complained to AJ, the teacher. She said, I'm frightened by Yuriko. I'm going to quit this class. The teacher said, stick it out, Jinhua. Don't worry. I'll get rid of Yuriko. Then we'll all be better off. The next day, AJ brought a gun to school. He pointed the gun at Yuriko and threatened her. 
He said, Yuriko, if you come to my class again, I will kill you, and then I'll take custody of your son and beat him every day. So leave now. Yuriko was frightened by AJ's threat. She started crying, and then she ran out of the class. The other students cheered. Yay! Okay, you'll notice that when I, in the beginning there, I used the uh, have, have, she has come to school. She has belittled the other students because those are things she did every day starting in January up until now. But I said, Yuriko is unfit to be a student. I said that because that's a general statement about her that's uh, always true, past, present, and probably in the future too. So I used the present tense in that one. And then I switched to the past. I said, one day, another student named Jinhua. And now we're describing one thing that happened. It's, it already happened. It's totally finished. So that's when I switched to simple past again. Don't worry. Don't think about the verb tenses. Don't think about the names, present, perfect, blah, blah, blah. Don't worry about that. Just listen for when I change. Try to get a feeling, a feeling for when I'm changing. Okay? So listen carefully. That's your only job. Do not try to memorize the rules. Do not try to remember all those grammar rules. Just try to get a feeling for when I change the verb tenses. And maybe why do I do it? That's all. That's all you need to do. All right, next one. Let's go to the future. Back to the future. In 10 years, starting with in 10 years. Here we go. In the future, 10 years from now, in 10 years, there will be a class. And in the class, there will be a student named Yuriko. Yuriko will be unfit to be a student. Every day, she'll come to class late. Then she'll belittle the other students. When another student makes a mistake, Yuriko will yell, Are you stupid? Do you have a mental disability? What's wrong with you, you idiot? Now, one day, another student named Jinhua will complain to the teacher, whose name is AJ. She'll say, I'm frightened by Yuriko. I'm going to quit this class. The teacher will say, Stick it out, Jinhua. Don't worry. I'll get rid of Yuriko. Then we'll all be better off. The next day, AJ will bring a gun to class. He'll point the gun at Yuriko and threaten her. Yuriko, if you come to my class again, I'll kill you, and then I'll take custody of your son and beat him every day. So leave now. Yuriko will be frightened by AJ's threat. She'll start crying, and then she'll run out of the class. The other students will cheer. Yay! Yuriko's gone! Yay! All right, that's all for the point of view stories. Please now go back, listen to the first one, then pause, and try to tell the first story yourself, beginning with 20 years ago. Try to tell all the story and use the correct verbs and the correct vocabulary. Then listen to the second one, starting with since January. Listen to it a few times and then pause and try to tell it yourself out loud, maybe alone in your room or something. And then finally, listen to the third one, beginning with in 10 years or 10 years from now, and try to tell that one yourself also. Okay, if you have trouble, if you can't remember exactly the words to say or you make a few mistakes, listen, just relax, okay? Relax. It takes a little time. The most important thing is to listen very carefully and to listen again and again and again until you are sleeping and dreaming about these stories. Then it will become automatic. So, so please relax about making mistakes. This is not a test, okay? In fact, you can only listen if you want to. 
If you want to, just listen. You don't need to try to tell the stories yourself. If it makes you feel stressed, if it makes you feel uh, nervous or uncomfortable to pause and speak, then don't do it. Only tell the stories if you are relaxed about it, if you can do it and you don't worry, you don't feel nervous about making mistakes. If you feel nervous, just relax and listen only. That's fine. Okay, I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Young mother is frightened by threat of lost custody. Dear Abby, I am 22 years old and have been married 17 months. Derek and I have a 23-month-old son. Derek hasn't worked for about a year and refuses to help support our family. He also belittles me whenever he talks to me. I am not happy in this marriage, but I am not sure what to do about it. On our honeymoon, Derek told me if I ever divorced him that he'd make sure he would get custody of our son. And his mom already said that she would tell the judge that I was an unfit mother. My son is my world, Abby. He doesn't even let his daddy hold him, so I know he wouldn't be better off with Derek. But because I am on disability, I don't know if I have a good chance of getting custody if I leave. I don't feel Derek loves me or my son. What should I do? Stick it out with my husband or take the chance of losing my son. Signed, Trapped in New Hampshire. Okay, this is the commentary for Lost Custody, the Dear Abby letter. Uh, this is an interesting letter. Um, it reminds me of my old social work days before I became a, a, an English teacher. I was a social worker and I had various jobs. I worked with uh, runaway teenagers, homeless teenagers for a while. Um, and I also worked for a short time in a government agency that uh, would deal with custody, right? Um, we would investigate children who had been abused and decide, you know, should the parents have custody or should the government take custody or should someone else have custody? Um, to be honest, I hated that job <laughs> and I quit uh, pretty quickly. I did not last very long in that job. It was a horrible job. Um, but now I did have some other very nice social work jobs. I, in, in general, social work was fine, but uh, that, that job in particular was pretty terrible, uh, as you can imagine. A lot of terrible situations for the children, um, and sometimes uh, I, I didn't agree. I didn't think that you know, the government should take custody of some of the children. Um, anyway, really kind of a terrible situation. But anyway, in this, uh, this letter, we've got this mother, young mother, and she's worried about losing custody of her child, her son. Now, some of the people who write Dear Abby, uh, you will see, um, they're a little strange. Um, sometimes the letters, you know, are, they're kind of funny too, actually, sometimes. It's a little bit like uh, watching uh, Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer is a TV show here in America, and they get all these really crazy Americans with all these horrible, terrible problems, and they get on the show, and they argue and yell at each other. Well, Dear Abby is not that bad, but there's still a little bit of that in some of these letters where you're kind of thinking, you know, wow, these people are strange. Uh, I thought this was strange, for example, when uh, the woman says in the second paragraph, On our honeymoon, Derek told me if I ever divorced him that he'd make sure he would get custody of our son. So that seems like a bad sign, doesn't it? Um, they're on their honeymoon. <laughs> they just got married, and already the husband's threatening her and uh, saying he's going to take the son if they get a divorce. Also, from that sentence, I think we can realize that they already had a son 
when they got married. So they must they, she they, she must have gotten pregnant and had the baby before they got married, um, or else they wouldn't be talking about this on their honeymoon, right? So anyway, that's a bad sign, right? They they're on the honeymoon and they're already he's threatening her already just on the honeymoon. So oh oh, bad sign. And then his mother, the mother-in-law. Uh, also threatened her, saying, I'll tell the judge that you're an unfit mother if you ever try to leave my son. So, uh-oh, these are warning signs to me, right? I think if I'm uh, in a relationship and the mother-in-law is threatening me if I leave and the husband's threatening me if I leave, uh, maybe that tells you something. Maybe this guy's not such a good guy. Maybe other women uh, le- have left him uh, many times in the past. Um, Maybe both the husband and the mom realize he's a bad guy uh, and she probably will want to leave in the future. I don't know. That's that's what I understood when I read that second paragraph. I'm that, uh-oh, bad sign. <laughs> Something's wrong already. Um, and then, of course, we see that, it, that obviously there is something wrong, that the husband uh, belittles her all the time. So, you know, when a husband belittles his wife, uh-oh, that's pretty terrible. Also a bad sign, right? He's saying terrible things, insulting his wife. Obviously, this is not a good guy. Okay, so in that first paragraph, she says, uh, Derek refuses to support his family, meaning to support your family means to make money for your family. You know, you buy food for them, you make money, you work. We call all of that together supporting your family. So he's obviously, he doesn't have a job, not for a year, and he won't re- support his family. Okay, so, uh-oh, strike one, two, three. Now, when we say, that's a little bit of slang, you probably know, but when we say strike one, strike two, strike three, that comes from baseball. Um, It's slang in American English. And if you get three strikes, it means uh, you're finished, you're out, you're gone. So this, this, these are three very bad signs, right? The mother-in-law's threatening, the, the husband's threatening, and he won't work. Okay, anyway, then she says, my son is my world, meaning my son is everything for me. He's... He's everything in my life. I don't care about anything else. I only care about him. And uh, the son won't let his father hold him. Okay, hold him in his arms. That's also a bad sign. Uh, But then the woman says, because I'm on disability, I don't know if I have a chance to get, get custody. And then she says, what should I do? Should I stick it out with my husband or should I take the chance of losing my son? Okay, now as a social worker, I've worked in this uh, kind of uh, situation uh, in this field before. So this situation, we, we never know, right? With Dear Abby, we don't know the whole truth. Only one person's writing and they don't include all the information we need to give good advice. Now, Abby doesn't care. She gives advice anyway. But, you know, most of us would want to know more. For example, she's on disability. What does that mean? Well, because I've worked in social work, I know that disability might be something very serious, but I also know it could be something that's not serious. In the United States, some, some people can get disability if they have a mental problem. For example, they're very depressed. They're medically depressed. They're always depressed. Well, sometimes they get a lawyer and they can get disability. They can get money from the government because of that. Sometimes people who are alcoholics or drug addicts can get disability. They can get money from the government because they are alcoholics or drug addicts and they have a hard time working. Um, So obviously these are not such serious physical problems. So this woman, we don't know. We have no idea. She might be in a wheelchair. 
uh, and can't walk, or she might be a, a, a former alcoholic. Uh, we really don't know what the disability is. And of course, it would be a big, uh, big important point to know if she has disability because she has a mental problem that's very serious, maybe she's not a fit mother. Maybe she would be an unfit mother. However, if she has some just physical problem, obviously it's uh, no problem at all. She could easily get her son. So it's hard to know what to tell this woman, right? Um, I would say in normal situations in the United States, the mother has an advantage with uh, custody. When they go to court, if everything is generally equal, the mother has a better chance to keep custody of the child. Now, is this fair? I don't know. I, we talked about this in my class in San Francisco. Some people said, well, that's not fair. And I don't know, is it fair or not? Um, but, but it's true. And I don't know, I guess this has historical reasons. People just have this idea that, well, you know, mothers take care of children. They're better at taking care of children than fathers. Of course, that's not always true. But that is a, uh, an idea that's in the United States and that is in the legal system, even in the courts, so that a mother often has an advantage against a father if they get a divorce and both want custody. The mother typically has an advantage. Now, many other things uh, are important also. Uh, their income, uh, you know, what kind of person they are, um, that kind of thing. So it's complicated. But anyway, since this guy sounds quite bad, he hasn't worked for a year, uh, he obviously has some problems. Probably this mother would get custody unless she has a serious um, you know, mental problem. I, my guess is that if she went to court, she would get custody of the child. But anyway, I, I, but it's hard to know. We don't know the details. Well, okay. So, um, and then I guess I'll talk now a little bit about my social work uh, background uh, in general. Um, when I worked in this field of custody, um, I worked for a place called the Department of Family and Children's Services in uh, Georgia, which Georgia is a state in the United States. Georgia is in the southeast uh, next to Florida. Atlanta is the big city in Georgia. And I, I got this job because I was uh, uh, desperate for money, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I had decided, in fact, to live in my van, live in my car for a while. Now, I did this by choice. I, no one forced me to do it. Uh, and I could get a job if I wanted to, but I just decided I wanted to live very, very simply. So I, I lived in my van for a while, so that, and I gave away all my stuff, all my possessions I gave away, except for just a few clothes and things. And I wanted to see if I could live very, very simply without much money. Um, however, at some point, I, I had no money at all. And I decided, uh-oh, I better, I better get a job. <laughs> I better work a little bit, make some money. And I, was, I had a social work degree. I had a master's in social work. Uh, this was before I got a master's in teaching English. So it was very easy for me to get a job with so, in social work. And especially the government agencies always need people. So I went and I got a job at the Department of Family and Children's Services. And uh, the pay was, you know, great since I was living so simply. I, the money was, was nice. I needed the money. Um, however, I quickly realized it was a very terrible organization. And the worst part for me was that the social workers, the workers, had such terrible attitudes about 
the people they were supposed to help. They thought they were stupid. They thought they were, you know, low lifes, they would call them. Low life means a very low status person. Um, so they, they just had terrible, terrible attitudes about these people they were supposed to help. And they would insult them and belittle them. Not, not directly to them. They wouldn't belittle them directly. But talking to each other, the social workers would, would laugh and tell jokes and belittle the poor people who would come in. And uh, indirectly, they would belittle the poor people themselves. You know, they didn't give them much respect. They did not give them the same respect that they gave people who had money. Um, and this bothered me a lot, a lot, a lot, because uh, as a social worker and as a teacher, I think that respect and equality are very, very important, and uh, especially as a social worker, because in a social work situation, these people have some serious problems. They, they may have economic problems. They don't have much money. They may have physical problems. They may have mental problems. Uh, anyway, they're in a weak position, and because they're in a weak position, it's easy to put yourself above them and treat them badly, which is what a lot of these social workers were doing. But uh, it's wrong. It's wrong to do that, and I felt very strongly it was wrong and that we had to try very hard to, to keep ourselves equal with them, treat them with the same exact respect we would treat anybody. You know, I, I, I feel I give the same respect to... Um, my social work clients as I would Bill Gates or the president. In fact, for the president, I'd give more respect to the clients. Um, anyway, so I started to have kind of arguments uh, with the social workers. I didn't agree with a lot of their uh, approaches, a lot of their attitudes. And uh, finally, I decided to quit. I decided I, I cannot work for this kind of organization that treats people so badly, especially people who need help. So I quit the job. Um, and, uh, you know, eventually I, I left social work. And this is mostly the reason when I tell people I was a social worker, I worked in the emergency room, or I worked with homeless people. Everybody thinks, I, and I say, oh, I quit. It was too stressful. And everybody always b thinks, oh, you quit because those people are terrible. You quit because it's hard to work with those people. But that's not true. <laughs> that's not why I quit. I quit because I couldn't work with the other social workers. It was not the clients that I had problems with. Yes, the clients could be difficult, but I understood them. I understood they were having some serious life problems. And I felt respect for them because they were having such trouble and still surviving. I know that I could not survive some of those situations myself. I'm not that strong. So I, I had respect for my clients, even the very difficult ones. But what I could not respect were the other social workers who were so mean, um, so superior, so arrogant. Um, I just found this again and again and again in many different organizations where they would treat their clients so badly. They're supposed to be helping them, but instead they're disrespecting them. And finally, I just I decided, you know, I don't like this. I don't like working in these kinds of organizations. I want to help people. Um, I do not want to belittle them. And at the same time that this was happening, you know, I had gone abroad. I'd lived in Japan. Um, I lived in Korea. 
and I realized I loved traveling and I loved meeting people from other countries and uh, I became more and more interested in teaching and I, I loved it. It's uh, so much fun to every day I would go to school and go to class and I would meet people from other countries and learn from them and, and they would learn from me and it was just so much fun. I really loved it. And finally I decided, you know, this is what I really love to do and um, social work's nice, but uh, I love teaching. It's my passion and this is what I want to do. And so I went back to school and I got my master's degree in teaching English and I uh, worked in Thailand for a while and started this website, etc. <laughs> anyway, so there's my life story in a nutshell, in a, in a very quick summary. All right, so... That's all for today's commentary for the lost custody letter. Uh, more Dear Abby letters will be coming. And I hope you enjoyed this one. See you next time. Bye-bye.